0: Well, I'm just going to open this up and actually, no, I'll give some announcements first and then I'll lead us in prayer. Um, First, uh, I just wanted to remind people, these are the same announcements as last week, but I just really want to encourage you. uh, We have our CAP program, which is our congregational assistance program. And what you just basically need to know about that is that you can get some free counseling services um, through it. And it's something our church pays for because we don't want there to be any hindrance for any of you guys. If you guys are going through some things, just noticing um, things in your heart that are not right. Um, we don't want you to have to uh, deal with that alone. And also we want to encourage you guys to get those things right with the Lord. Um, your, your life is going to stem from what's going on on the inside. And we want you to get right before God and uh, just be able to deal with things. So um the program is through Shalem. You do need to, we'll have to confirm that you're through Forward City Church, but there's a lot of anonymity um, if you go through it. So people don't need to know that you're using the program. Just um, if you look up Shalem, it's S-H-A-L-E-M. You can call their number and just confirm you're uh, part of our church and Um, participate in that program um again we also just want to continue to encourage you guys you guys can gather together in groups of 10 or less Um, and that's a provision that the government and our local public health has allowed for us because they know uh that church is essential um, and that we are meant to to live for the lord together and it's that's how we um flourish as God's people. So uh, just continue to get together and um, if you need anything, please just continue to reach out to us. Um, if you're not on Slack, uh, you can message myself or Mark. Uh, it's just Trina at forwardcity.ca or Mark at forwardcity.ca. Um, and that's one of the platforms we use to be able to send out messages to you guys throughout the week. Um, one prayer request that came through, um, last night, which John, if you want to pipe in and, and correct or update, I know that, uh, we know that John hair, his uh, sister just had a baby and, um, it looks like, uh, she's having, she has a brain bleed. And so I think she's at the hospital. So I'm going to pray for that. Um, um, John just interrupt me if you want to add anything to that. But uh, that came through yesterday. And so we just want to be praying for John's sister's family and for this baby named Gloria. And I'm just going to pray and uh, for us as we begin. Um, dear Lord, I just thank you so much for uh, your grace to us, Lord. Um, these are not easy times. Um, and i think people are getting very weary but you give us so much grace lord um i just thank you for zoom it's not my favorite lord but how awesome is it that we can actually gather together and see each other's faces if we want um and 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 meet even though we're not physically together um that's pretty awesome i thank you uh for the way that you continue to preserve um the testimony of your people that you are good uh, during this time and all the opportunities that um, are even arising, Lord, I just pray Lord that you would bring uh, revival in our community that we would see so many people flourishing because of of you and that people would come to know you and love you as their savior, Lord. Um, I pray that as we go into this series where um, Mark is um, helping us navigate the choices that we make in life, Lord, that we would just, push into the idea that we don't want to live for the temporary lord that we want to remember that you are real um, that eternity is real and long and um, lord that we just we want to make the most of all the gifts that you've given us and we want to make the most of your name um, not just because you are worth it and not because it's um for our good but lord because we love the people that you love in this world who are far from you right now lord and so I pray for these things and just um, help the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts um, and allow us to give you free reign to move in us and um, just help us hear your words. In your name, amen. All
1: right. So, okay, Trina, we're just going to take you off of there. And then the Speaker. All right. So, Here we go. Um, now it's got to put me on here. Sorry. All right. So, uh, today we are going to be talking about, um, I choose. That was the uh, kind of the idea behind uh, this next series that we've been talking about. And the reason we're talking about, I choose is because, um, our choices matter. And um, because you and I know that who we are and, you know, kind of where we are in life is largely because of the results of the decisions that you and I made before today. And while we can't change our decisions, we can't change our, our past actions, we can take care to make the wise choice today for our future. Because who you and I are and who we will be is largely going to be influenced by the choices that we make today and going forward. And see, God is not going to he's not going to make our choices for us. Um, He's he directs us, he guides us, but he's not going to make our choices for us. Um, So we as Christians, it's so important that we make the wise choice in the situations that God puts before us, because our choices can make all the difference in our relationships with our family and our relationships with our friends and our relationship with God. And so today, uh, we're going to be challenged today to choose discipline over regret. Now, if you have your Bibles, you can open them up to Hebrews uh, chapter 12, um, where you can listen along as I read them to you. But before we get started, we need to understand how the writer of Hebrews is using the word discipline. He's not talking about spiritual practices like scripture memorization or giving or prayer or reading or fasting or stuff like that. This isn't his idea of discipline in these passages. He's also not talking about punishment. Now, we understand punishment. I mean, I don't know if you, as a kid, I mean, you know what punishment was. And some of you were probably punished a little bit. Some of you were punished a lot. Like, I don't know your story, but we have ideas of what discipline. When we think of the word discipline, we often think of the idea of punishment, you know, getting in trouble, grounding or spanking or whatever your context was. But he's not talking about punishment in that context and kind of like our cultural context. See, punishment is about hurting and it's about, you know, pain and inflicting retribution for wrongdoing. See, the thing is, hardships and suffering are not God's way of getting even. The things that we're going through, it's not God's way of getting even. It's also, it's not his way of retaliating for the wrongs that we've committed. See, God disciplines, God's discipline isn't a sentence for our sin. The punishment of our sin was laid on the cross of Jesus Christ forever. But in our context, in this passage, and as we learn what discipline really means, discipline is the spiritual conditioning that comes in the form of testing, suffering, trials, and affliction that God uses to for the ultimate purpose to make you and me more and more like His Son. So discipline is that spiritual conditioning that comes in the form of testing and suffering and trials and affliction that God uses that God uses to make us more like His Son. But in order for that to happen, He has to change us. And ultimately, that purpose, that's the purpose of discipline, that God seeks to change your behavior. He seeks to change my behavior, our actions, our thoughts, our character, and our motives. And in Hebrews chapter 12, the the writer gives us some principles so we can better understand and apply God's discipline. And I I love what it starts off and it says in, in Hebrews chapter 12, it's the very, very first part. We've heard these verses before. It says, therefore, Since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, for who the joy that laid before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God's throne. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, so that you won't grow weary and lose heart. And then he goes on. So he's talking to He's talking about endurance. He's talking about, you know, moving forward. These people were under extreme amount of persecution and an extreme amount of struggle and hardship. And in these moments, he says this, he goes, yes. So this is what Jesus did. You know, keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. And he said this in struggling against sin. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. So the first thing he says to them is, hey, it's hard. It's very, very difficult. I get it. But don't overthink it. You know, don't think that this is the worst thing in the world. You haven't shed your blood like Jesus did. You didn't have to carry the cross like Jesus did. You didn't have to um, die for all the sins of mankind. So let's gain a little perspective here. And then he says, and you've forgotten the exhortation. That addresses you as sons. So what he's saying here is, hey, listen, you know, bring yourself into perspective so you can understand what God is allowing to happen to you and why he's allowing it to happen. And understand, I need to bring you back to the reminder of what God's discipline really is. And in verse 7 and 10 and on, we start to see how these principles and how he explains what this discipline is for and why God uses it in our lives. In verse 7 and 10, we see that God disciplines, so that God's discipline assures us that we are in his family and it prompts us to submit to him as our father so that we can share in his holiness. Listen to what it says. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who has ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by his father? If God doesn't discipline you, He does. um, If if God doesn't discipline you as He does all of His children, it means that you are illegitimate and not really His children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the Father of our spirits and live forever? For our heavenly Father disciplined us for sorry, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years doing the best that they knew how, but God is, Sorry, but God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. He starts off first and goes, the reason why you're being disciplined, the reason why God is allowing these things is for discipline's sake. And he says this, he goes, if you're not being disciplined, if you, can, if you can't look at your life and look at hardships, if you can't see God's discipline in your life, maybe the reason why you can't see discipline is maybe you're not actually his child. Because it says that God disciplines his children. See, the writer of Hebrews is saying that God lovingly disciplines his children so that he can train them to become spiritually mature. See, as his child, God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to let you stay that way. He wants you to be like Jesus. And and so we not to take discipline as anger towards you, but to take it as affirmation that you're his child. See, God's not mad at you. God loves you so much that he disciplines you and he disciplines me because he wants to save us from ourselves. It's affirmation that he loves you. It's affirmation that he believes in you, that he wants nothing but the best for you. He's a loving parent that refuses to give up on you. Just like a parent, we don't want our children to grow up in rebellion. We don't want them to hurt themselves and to hurt other people. So we discipline. We correct. We rebuke. So there's a Southern artist. I was reading when I was reading about all this and studying. There's a Southern artist and there's no name here, but he'd completed a sculpture of a horse out of a rock. So he took a rock and he chiseled away everything and he made this beautiful horse and The transformation was bewildering to a few uh, spectators. And so they asked, how in the world did you do it? And the artist just replied, I I just knock everything off that doesn't look like a horse. In In the same way, God wants to free us to be all that he has made us to be. And so discipline means that he has to knock off the rough edges of our sinfulness and chisel away the wrong attitudes and the character flaws. And so for that to happen, he has to discipline us. In verse 11, we read that God disciplines, that God's discipline produces a peaceful harvest of righteous lives. Listen to what it says. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Now, I love what the writer of Hebrews, I mean, he doesn't sugarcoat it. He he doesn't come out and say, oh, it's not that big of a deal. He comes right out and says, discipline is difficult. It's hard. It's painful. And that's because it's God's refining process in our lives. And it is painful. We get it the struggle, the guilt, some of those things that we have in our lives because of the things that we do or because of things that God wants us to do, it is incredibly difficult. And he's saying here, it is. Don't don't, don't shy away from it. It's hard. But just like the wise gardener that knows that good must sometimes be sacrificed for the better, the wise gardener knows that the good must sacrifice sometimes to be sacrificed. That Sorry, that the gardener knows what good must sometimes be sacrificed for the better. Grape branches can grow very, very fast and long. But as a result, when they develop those length and that size, they use resources that could be channeled into making fruit. And so it's, it's stealing the resources from fruit into just growing and becoming more lush. So the gardener knows what to do. He prunes. He prunes the branches so they can focus its energy of the plant so that it stops growing, but that it bears fruit. He doesn't want it to be 20 feet long and full of all of these beautiful leaves. Instead, he cuts it. He prunes it so that it can do what it was meant to do to bear fruit. Because the gardener knows that a lush vine with little fruit has failed its purpose. See, God's pruning in our lives can be painful, and it will be painful at times. He may limit or remove achievements, objects, you know, abilities. He may allow things to happen in your lives, and you scratch your head and say, why are you letting this happen to me? You know, they may not be like a direct wrong that he's taking away or not allowing. It may not be because it's wrong, but he is doing what he is doing and allowing what he's allowing to grow you and to prune you into spiritual maturity. God doesn't discipline us to subdue us or to punish us, but our heavenly father lovingly disciplines us to protect us, to guide us and to condition us for a life of usefulness and impact. Discipline isn't something that we like to talk about. Discipline isn't something that we want, even want in our lives, but God has to discipline us because we're his children. And so the question comes in, and as I was was looking at this and reading through this, I was like, so what do we do during a trial or a hardship or a sickness? Like, what do we do when we when our life doesn't go the way that we want or when life gets difficult? And I love what he says in verse five, just prior to these things that we've just been reading. He says, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. And what he's saying here is that when you are disciplined of God, don't ignore it. And keep going in the direction that you're going. He also says, don't let the pressure rebuke of rebuke and consequences cause you to give up or to make you bitter or hard-hearted. I mean, how many times have we seen people get disciplined of God? God intervenes in their actions, and instead of turning back to God, they continue on their way. Or we've seen people where God comes in and intervenes or through the hardships to grow you. Instead of growing to be more and more like Jesus Christ, people just get bitter. And angry at God. See, God's discipline in our lives, it can be and will often be painful and difficult. But it's incredibly essential. Because I don't know if you know this, but if it wasn't for the discipline of your heavenly father, we would all grow up in rebellion and disharmony. Demanding our own way, selfish, and going through relationship after relationship after relationship after Now, let me just say right off the bat, too, that that not every difficult thing you face or that will face, it's not every hardship, not every challenge, not every illness is because you did something wrong. But sometimes our discipline is a result of sin and rebellion. And see, sin and rebellion is not something that we, that you and I can just sweep under the rug and ignore. We live in a culture where it's not that bad or it's not that big of a deal. And so we excuse sin, but we can't excuse sin. And God disciplines us because rebellion and sin can't be ignored. Because he knows unless we put it to death, it will grow and grow and it'll poison our life and it'll poison the lives of those that are around us the heavenly father knows this and because he loves you and because he loves me he may forcefully intervene with divine discipline so that he so that we can be forgiven and then we can be restored to fellowship with him for eternity we see god's hand of discipline all throughout the bible We see God's hand of, dis- of discipline all throughout the Bible. Pe- Peter had to see disappointment and rebuke in his Savior's eyes before he would come back and plant the church that planted all the other churches from then on out. Jonah had to suffer through the consequences of being tossed overboard and swallowed by a fish before he would submit to the Lord's will. Zachariah in Luke, because of his lack of faith, he had to endure physical ailment until he was restored at the birth of his son and became the father of the forerunner of Jesus. And one of the most beautiful stories in all of scripture, the son had to experience rock bottom with the pigs before he would let go of his rebellion and come back to his father's arms. See, we can't ignore God's discipline, and we can't give up because because rather than giving up and rather than ignoring, we need to examine our lives, our actions, and our obedience. It says in verse 12, so take up, sorry, so, so take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet. So, that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but become strong. So, in light of discipline, in light of all of these things, when you're going through a trial or a hardship or a sickness, when life doesn't go your way or when life gets difficult, we need to choose to lean into God's discipline. We need to spend that time when those things happen in our lives. What do we do? We need to pray. We need to read our Bible. And we need to let the Holy Spirit reveal to you and reveal to me the things that we need to stop. I mean, if there's a sin, we need to stamp it out. We can't keep allowing sin to just run in our lives. When discipline comes, it's it's, it's often God's way of pointing out. Parts of our character and parts of our lives that need to change. Some of you are undergoing discipline or have undergone discipline because of sin that you're just letting go unrepentant in your life. And you're ignoring it. Sometimes it's not necessarily something sin. Maybe, maybe God wants to show you what he wants you to do. Maybe there's something not for you to give up or not for you to stop, but something that God wants you to do. Maybe it's not a sin. Maybe it's just a little pruning. And in prayer and spending time with the Holy Spirit, you're gonna, he's going to reveal to you those little character, those areas, those little areas of your faith that he wants to grow. Things that he wants you to start, things that he wants you to change those good things he wants you to put aside so that you can hold on to the better. So when you're going through trials or hardships or sickness, when life doesn't seem to be going the way that you want it to, or when it becomes difficult, it's a wonderful opportunity for you and me to pray and ask God for wisdom, to know how to use these trials in his strength to bring you and I closer to him and to be forged in better into his image. If you're a football fan, um, years ago, one of my um, favorite teams was the um, Dallas Cowboys. Now I'm not really a huge Dallas Cowboy fan now, but back when I was a kid, I was. And there was the coach of the Dallas Cowboys and he was well known for this hat that he always wore. His name's Tom Landry, he's in the hall of fame right now. And um, he's just had so much success as a coach. Um, His team won Super Bowls and just, it was an incredible, it was America's team at the time. It was just an incredible, incredible um, win. Um, they, They succeeded almost all the time. It was fantastic. And so when he was asked by reporters about, you know, about his job and what he does and about his coaching, he says, well, the job of a coach is to make the players do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they've always wanted to be. In the same way, to become the spiritual champions, to to have spiritual maturity that God wants us to have, it requires us doing things that we don't want to do in order to achieve what we've always wanted to be, like Jesus. We can't run away from discipline, and we can't let discipline cause us to become bitter and angry. Instead, we need to choose to lean into discipline, because when we do God uses it to make us more like his son. In Proverbs chapter 10 verse 17 it says people who accept discipline are on the pathway to life. But those who ignore correction will go astray. So child of God don't despise God's discipline. But rather allow God to use it to change you, to mold you, and to make you more like his son. I love you and I am just excited about um, the things that God is allowing to happen in our lives. It doesn't mean I like everything that goes on. It doesn't mean it's not difficult. It doesn't mean it's not hard. It doesn't mean I want it to go. I don't want it to go away. I do. Absolutely. But God is allowing the things in Our culture is allowing things, he's allowing all of this to grow us, to change us, to motivate us, to move us. For some of you, it's because of sin. For some of you, it's to take away the good so he can present you with the best. For some of you, it's to work on your character. For some of you, it's to work on things that are going to be in the future that he wants to prepare you for. For The word of God says that he causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. If you're his child, he disciplines because he loves you. I love you, and um, I will pray for you this week that we have a great week, that we um, are able to see the things and we don't buckle under the pressure, buckle under the, um, the circumstances, but instead uh, we respond by choosing to lean into the things that God wants to do in our lives. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day that you've given to us and for this opportunity for us to gather um, on Zoom and for those that are going to be watching and um, listening to this uh, throughout the week and on. Father, we pray that as your children, that we would uh, be thankful for the discipline that you bring to us. The, the things that you allow in our lives to help mold us and shape us to become more and more like you. Guide us today. Give us a great day today. And we look forward to what you're going to do in and through us this week and on as we make choices, as we as, as we choose the wise thing for our future. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. So let's stop.